Welcome to the Covenant Life Center podcast. Our goal is that this message builds your faith and gives you hope. Enjoy the message. We're going to be talking about the fear of God. Somebody say the fear of God. And it's fitting for us to talk about this. And I was going to mention this later on in the message, but you may be asking yourself, why do I need the fear of God in my life? Why do I need the fear of God in my life? Yeah, you can write that down if you're taking notes. The fear of God. It's because you got to realize that whenever you have the fear of God in your life, you have no reason to fear anything else. When you have the fear of God in your life, you don't have a reason to fear anything else. And I don't know about you, but growing up, you know, I was very insecure and I always cared about the opinions of other people. You guys can take your seats and I thank you for standing. I cared about the opinions of other people so many times. Whenever I was little, I was insecure, I would, I would say probably elementary school. And uh, my dad told me about this. He said that on multiple occasions, he would hear me go up to my friends whenever I was little and ask them, are you still my friend? Some of my close friends were like, hey, are you still my friend? Uh, because I thought I offended them. I thought I did something wrong. I thought I upset them or I was just insecure. I said, hey, are you my friend? And I would do that all the time. And that was just out of fear. That was out of insecurity that I had whenever I was little, right? But I, one thing that's awesome whenever it comes to fearing God is that whenever you have the perspective and you know who God is and you know, that, and you know who you are, you don't have to fear anything or anyone. You don't have to run away from anything or anyone, but you can face things head on knowing that you got the God of the universe living and breathing on the inside of you. So you don't have any people that you have to be afraid of. There's no demons that you can be afraid of. There's no problem, situation, or challenge that you have to be afraid of. Why? Because you have the fear of God in your life. In fact, I would say this. If you have such a big fear for people about people's opinions and people's standards and what people may think about you, and you care so much about that, and that's how you live your life, that is an indication that you have a lack of fear of God in your life. Or if you fear the enemy, that's actually an indication that you have the lack of the fear of God in your life. See, the fear of God is so vital, and the fear of God is so important. Can somebody say amen? You guys paying attention tonight? I'm excited to share it with you guys. I have quite a bit of notes right here, and I want to do my absolute best to convey it to you guys, because if I'm being honest, this is a very tough subject to speak or preach or teach on um, when it comes to the fear of God and pastor, you know, dad, you can step up here. I'm just going to call him pastor dad, pastor Bobby, right? PB, you have, you know, if I say anything that you need to correct, you can do that at the end. I'm going to do my absolute best just to con convey this message, but I believe it's spirit led. And I think it's uh, just for this certain season and time that we're in right now. So why are we talking about the fear of God? So for those that do not know, um, I have a girlfriend now, praise God, 21 years, right? I was like, God, am I going to be 25? Am I going to be 20, you know, 30? Her, you know, Brooklyn's amazing. She's beautiful. And like, you know, we've dated, today actually marks about two months, okay? And over time, thank you, over time, and I'm going somewhere, over time, you know, as the two months have went on, I've learned things about her that I didn't really know beforehand. And I've come to appreciate her more. For example, you know, I've learned that she can be pretty selective when it comes to the food that she eats. Now, one of the first questions that I asked Brooklyn was, Brooklyn, are you picky when it comes to food? She said, no, I'm not picky at all. That was a lie. <laughs> I got her full permission to share this tonight. Because as times went on, we went to different restaurants, ate different food, and 
one thing would come up where I don't really like that too much or uh, no, I'm not going to get that or not like that. You get black olives on your salad? What's, ew. And like, you like pineapple? Anyway, so I've, comp- it's, it's so much so, and I'm going somewhere, so much so that I've compiled a list to keep track of all the things that Brooklyn doesn't like when it comes to food. Let me read out a couple to you guys, just to name a few, okay? Um, she doesn't like anything vanilla, which I love vanilla. Uh, garlic bread, no. Uh, chicken spaghetti, okay, I can agree with that one. I'm not a huge fan of chicken spaghetti. Um, strawberries, why? Cheesecake, oh my goodness, sugar cookies, pineapple, and I'll stop right there. And just to, you know, add on to that, hey, I just want to say this, you know, because I don't want to end it like that. She makes up for it and everything else because she's absolutely incredible and she loves God so much and she loves people so much. So give her a hand clap real quick, even though she's pretty picky sometimes. She's not too, too bad, but she's pickier. Uh, Welcome to the life of dating a preacher, babe. All right, sorry about that. Um, But the reason that I say that tonight um, is because I think that we act the same towards God. I think that we act the same towards God, that we become selective and picky with God. Just like Pastor had said whenever he talked about, hey, we love talking about the grace of God, the power of God, the peace of God. I've learned that we love to talk about the power of God. We love to talk about the peace of God. We love to talk about the love of God the glory of God, the grace of God, the forgiveness of God, uh, the mercy of God. That just gets us excited hearing that, right? But if we're being honest, we neglect and we despise sometimes talking about the other parts of God when it comes to his correction, when it comes to his discipline, when it comes to his judgment, when it comes to the conviction of the Holy Spirit, and actually when it comes to the fear of God. Of God, And I just want you to know this tonight, that God is not a buffet where you can pick and choose how he is. God is not a buffet. God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Amen? God is in Burger King. You can't have him your way, right? But we're talking about the fear of God tonight because we've got to understand that the fear of God is the basis for our walking in his ways, serving him, and loving him. In other words, it's the foundation. And the way that we see God is built on how we fear him. I'm going to explain it tonight because I don't want to lose anybody, but it's very biblical. See, most people don't understand what it means to fear God, and therefore they push it off. See, the Bible mentions, uh, anybody follow me tonight? The Bible mentions different types of fear, and it's very clear that we're supposed to have a certain fear towards God. And the Bible is very clear on the fear of God. In fact, uh, the Bible mentions fear in reference to God about 300 times. It references fear in reference to God about 300 times. So we are called to have the fear of God in our lives. Let me give you guys some scripture tonight. In Psalm chapter 33, verse 8, it says this, reading out of the King James Version. You can turn there, write it down, whatever you like to do. It says this, let all the earth Fear the Lord. Let all the earth fear the Lord. Let all the inhabitants of the world, which is us, stand in awe of him. You're going to hear this word throughout tonight. I think we understand what what awe is. It's about wide-eyed wonder, your mouth open, just thinking to yourself, man, God is so big. He's so mighty. He's so holy. Just You can't really wrap your mind or fathom how awesome and amazing, how big God is. It's being in awe of him. Proverbs chapter 1 verse 7 says this. It says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. 
but fools despise wisdom and instruction. So in other words, when it comes to having wisdom, when it comes to having knowledge, I don't care if you have as many degrees as a thermometer. I don't know. I don't care how educated you are in your life. You will truly enter into wisdom, godly wisdom, whenever you fear God and you have a reverence and respect towards God. And it says that wisdom starts with what? The fear of God. In other words, it would be like me telling you, if you want to learn how to read, if you want to learn how to write, start with the letter A. And, and, and when it comes to wisdom, God is the letter A, right? It starts with the fear of God. Psalm chapter 19, verse 9 says this, King James. It says, the fear of the Lord is clean, enduring, what? Forever. The fear of God is enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. Now, if I had to give you guys a biblical definition for the fear of God, I would give it to you guys like this. The fear of God. You can write this down. It's having such a reverence, and we're going to talk about that tonight. The, the word reverence is actually synonymous with the fear of God, just like faith and trust, right? Reverence, that's such a big word. Um, and reverence means to have honor and respect with all. But having such a reverence for him that it has a great impact on the way we live our lives. The fear of God is respecting him, loving him, obeying him, submitting to his discipline, and worshiping in all. Now, I think the problem that we have nowadays in the church when it comes to the fear of God and the misconception of the fear of God, I think we confuse the biblical definition of fear with the cultural definition of fear when it comes to the fear of God. Because when we hear the word fear, our minds go to different places, right? Because we all respond to fear and we all react to fear differently most of the time. And I did some research, and I found out that there's four different types of forms of fear. Four ways that we may respond when it comes to facing fear. And I want to give you guys the four of them tonight, because this is really important for us to follow uh, and understand when it comes to how our relationship should be with God, when it comes to having the fear of God. Now, the first type of form of fear that we find is fight. Somebody say fight. Now, I don't know how you react whenever you become scared or afraid or fearful, but there's some people that I've learned not to jump scare when they come around the corner because I may catch a fist in the face. The second one is, I believe it's flight. Somebody say flight. Now, I don't know which one you are, and there's two more after this, but these are the type of people that whenever danger comes, uh, whenever something scary happens, they'll leave and run away. I don't care if it's a scary movie or whatever. They'll run away, fight or flight. We know that. The third one is freeze. Say, somebody say freeze. These are those people who tense up, become silent, and don't move when they get scared. As soon as something happens, they're just like, they lock up. They can't, they literally cannot move. Freeze. The fourth one is faint. Somebody say Faint. Now, these are all the drama queens, okay? These are the people um, who will fall down and faint uh, when they become fearful. And to give you guys an example so that way you can understand what kind of form of fear you are, I, have, I get a lot of content now that I have a girlfriend, okay? So I'm going to share this. And thank God Lizzie's on the front row too because you're in this too, Lizzie, okay? 
I got the permission to share this too. So anyways, Lizzie, uh, Lizzie and Brooklyn um, were dog sitting for her friends. And I don't know how long ago this was, maybe a couple years ago. And her friends, Brooklyn's friend and their family was on vacation. And they said, hey, we want you to dog sit for us. So they went to the house to go feed the dog. No one was supposed to be there. They go into the kitchen and everything, turn on the lights. They're, they're, they're about to feed the dog, and they hear footsteps around the corner. Nobody is supposed to be there. They become scared. They become fearful. Brooklyn turns around to Lizzie. Lizzie's gone. <laughs> She's out the door, out the house, running. And Brooklyn, she left her sister, Lizzie. Okay, She's a fight, but Brooklyn's a fight. Brooklyn tells me she scans the room, the kitchen. She's looking for the the closest knife, the closest weapon. So when this person, you know, she's going to shank the person when they come around the corner. Thank God she didn't find anything because it turns out it was her friend's brother who decided to stay home last second. So thank God there was no knife in the vicinity or anything. That would have been so, so bad. But we're talking about the different forms Fear. Now I want you to think about this. What should our approach be? What should our posture be? What, how should we react? How should we act when it comes to having the fear of God in our life? Should we fight? Should we fight? Should we freeze? And they already put the fifth one on there. I've, I found four of them, but I've learned that there's a fifth form of fear when it comes to the fear of God, and that is this word at the bottom. It's called follow. Somebody say follow. You follow me tonight, church? See, as I studied, we learned, as I studied the fear of God, I found out there's a fifth form of fear. And as a child of God, we have no reason to fight God or run away from God. If you call yourself a Christian, a believer, a follower of Jesus Christ, when it comes to having the fear of God in your life, you have no reason to run away or fight God, but rather the fear of God should cause us to follow him. See, the fear of God should compel us to follow him with reverence and with love. And there's a scripture I wanted to tie in earlier, because right now I was going to talk about how whenever you fear God, the reason we should fear God is because when we fear God, we don't have to fear anything else. And I was going to tie in the scripture, but you maybe ask yourself, why should I fear God? Here, there's a scripture that Jesus talks about um, in Matthew chapter 10, uh, verse 28, and he says this, don't be afraid of those who want to kill your body. They cannot touch your soul. Fear only God. Wow, that's so powerful. This is Jesus talking. Who is God? He says, don't be afraid. In other words, don't be afraid of anything else. Only be afraid of God because fear only God who can destroy both soul and body and hell. And I, do want, I do want to say this real quick because that may seem like a lot to digest right here. Um, you have to understand that hell is simply a place we have an opportunity, where people have an opportunity to pay for the penalty for their sins. That, that's what it is. They have a debt. Uh, they have a penalty. The wages of sin is death, right? There's different types of death. There's an eternal death. And, and, and the Bible says that it's God's will that all may be saved. God hates it when he sees people go to hell. He does not like that. That breaks God's heart, you know? You ever think about that, how God feels? We're not called to go there. But I thank God for the, for the blood of Jesus Christ. For God so loved the world that he sent it. We should get excited just over that. Well, guess what? You were on the way to hell. We were all on the way to eternal torment. 
where we're going to be punished for our sins, but thank God for the grace of God. Even though I couldn't get to God, God came to me, and for while I was still a sinner, Jesus Christ died for us. we got to have the fear of God in our lives. That's what I'm trying to say. We, gotta have, to, we have to have the fear of God in our life. Now, I want you to think about this when it comes to this, because going back to following after God, how do we gauge and how do we know how much of the fear of God we have in our life? Because I was thinking about this. Okay, God, I know I'm supposed to have the fear of God in my life. We know it's about reverence, it's about respect, and we'll talk about that more. But how do I gauge and how do I know how much fear of God I have in my life? And this is what I found out. One of the ways you gauge how much you fear God is by how much you obey and follow his commandments. One of the ways that you gauge how much you obey, how much you fear God, is by how much you obey and follow his commandments. God says like this in the book of Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy in the Old Testament, Deuteronomy chapter 5, verse 29. It says this, Oh, that they would always have hearts like this, that they might fear me and obey, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, that they may fear me and obey some of my commandments. If they did, they and all their dis- Let me go back that they might fear me and obey whatever commandments that they would like to obey if they feel like they, and and if they did that, they and all their just, no, it doesn't say that. It says this. It says that they might fear me and obey all, somebody say all, of my commandments. If they did that, they and their descendants would prosper forever. So I want you to get this. The prerequisite to obeying and following God is having the fear of God in your life. Notice how he said they must have the fear of God and obey, obey not some, not the ones that they felt, but obey all of my commandments. This is, this is, this is a, a message. The book of Deuteronomy literally means second law. I don't want to get too theological, but, but when it comes to saying the Deuteronomy, that literally means second law because this is the second time that Moses is, is, is proclaiming, declaring the, the law, the commandments from God to the whole nation of Israel. There's over two million people listening to this right here, right before they go into the promised land. And before they enter into the promised land, uh, God is saying to them, you got to fear me. And when you fear me, you have reverence for me, you're going to obey all my commandments. See, one of the indications, one of the indicators that you have the fear of God in your heart is by your submission to the commandments of God, by loving him, loving others, telling the truth, and simply, not simply, but living a life of holiness. It's all a product of having a reverence for God. Now, on the other hand, get this, on the other hand, am I I putting you guys to sleep tonight? Are you guys understanding this? Y'all understanding this? On the other hand, the way you can tell if you don't have the fear of God in your life is when you live a life of rebellion, disobedience, and carelessness towards God. See, if you don't fear God, you won't take sin seriously. If, see, some people, when it comes to sin, they don't see sin as sin. They just see sin as weakness. But sin is sin. I'm just going to say that. And I know that the Bible says, you know, that God will write his commandments on our heart. We have the Holy Spirit to lead us and convict us, right? And I understand all that as well, but there's some things that the Bible was so clear about when it comes to being obedient to God and living a, a holy life, uh, a righteous life, 
I understand we, we, can't, we can't get to heaven by our own good works. We can't get to heaven by how good we are, but by how good he is. But you have to understand this. The blood of Jesus Christ does not give us uh, pr- permission to sin, but the blood of Jesus Christ is actually a prevention from sin. And we got to be representatives of Jesus Christ and do what we can every single day to have the right mindset, to look at the right things, to say the right things. And there's some people that have become so numb to sin and they become so used to their sinful lifestyle because they don't have a fear or a reverence or an awe of God anymore. There's some people when they first come to church, they're all in. They're all in when it comes to giving. They're all in when it comes to serving. They're all in when it comes to praying, when it comes to Bible reading. But over time, they don't keep the fire going. Some people call it burnout. Burnout is simply whenever you don't keep the fire alive. They get burnt out and they begin to go back into their old ways, the things that God saved them from, and they begin to neglect and and treat the things of God casually. And we talked about it a couple weeks ago, but whenever you treat God casually, you can actually become a casualty, right? We understand that. So when it comes to the fear of God, you've got to have the fear of God in your life. You've got to know who God is. You've got to know who God is because you know that God hates sin. I didn't say God hates sinners. I said God hates sin. We're called to hate the sin but love the sinner, right? So I'm not, so everything, everything, Jesus, get this, God is, God is going to judge everything. There's going to be a day where we're going to stand before God one day, and I don't know about you, but I want to be sure that I place my faith and my life in Jesus Christ, not in how good I am, but in how good he is. And I want to be sure that I do my absolute best to be an example to all believers and to live my life so that way we can lead other people to Jesus. Anybody believe this tonight? How do we know? You know, so one thing I've realized when it comes to my little brother, um, I'm trying to get my little brother in the habit of doing certain things in the house. We're talking about following God, obeying God. Um, I try to, I'm trying to get him in the routine of taking out the trash more and more without me telling him, but by him taking the initiative and everything. And I can't tell you how many times I've told him, but he hasn't taken it out. It's only when, when, I, it's only when I tell my dad to tell my little brother that my little brother says, okay, dad, I'll get on it. I'll be, I'll be sure I go and get it. See, I tell him one thing, but he doesn't do it. But my dad tells him something, and he does it. Why? Because there's a, difference, there's a different level of reverence and respect and, and, and fear, you understand this tonight, this is making sense to you guys. There's a different level of it. I think the problem is, church, I think the problem today in the church world is that we lack reverence for God, and therefore we disobey him. I want to say that one more time. I, I really do think that there's a problem in, in, the, in, in my generation, in the coming up generation, and, and just the church overall, where we're lacking the reverence and we're lacking the fear of God. You want to know how we get revival? We must have the fear of God in our hearts. You want to know how we see miracles, signs, and wonders? We must have the fear of God in our hearts. If, you want to make it, if we want to make a difference in our community, we got to have the fear of God in our hearts. We have a reverence and respect to the things of God. I feel God's presence right now, man. We got to. I feel this so, just feel this so in my spirit, church. We got to have it. I remember this one time, um, I think I was like in eighth grade, and I was at this camp with other youth groups. And what happened was, I was in the back, or this was one of the last nights for the camp, hundreds of students in this room, um, and I'm in the back of the room, I have my hat on, I'm just playing around, I'm goofing off, I'm playing on my phone, and, and me and my friends are just like not paying attention to the message, or not paying attention to the sermon, and there, there was this man of God, I won't forget this, he began to speak and he began to preach on stage. And, and me and my friends were cutting up, we weren't paying attention, and what happened was, I didn't know this, but this 
this man operated strongly in the prophetic. And what happened is, at the end of the service, he began to operate in the prophetic, and he stood up, and he told everybody else to stand up. And I was still in the back, not paying attention. And this man, the first thing that this man of God does is he points me out in the very back. And I'm in the back. I'm just back there. I didn't hear him the first time. And then my friend said, I think he's talking about you, bro, because he just described what you're wearing and everything. And he says, come up to the very front, young man. So I came up to the very front. Don't know this guy. He doesn't know me. And he pointed at me. And I won't forget this. He said, there is a call of God on your life. And God wants to use you in, in big ways. But you got to understand that you're not called to be in the back. You're not called to be in the back with all those other people, cutting up, joking around, laughing. God, God told me to tell you that you're called to be at the very front, hands raised in a posture where you respect God. See, the, the problem was I didn't have a respect or reverence for the house of God and the things of God, but I thank God for people that are obedient to the Holy Spirit that will just tell you as it is where you get in a mindset where you think to yourself, God does really care. So my mindset began to change because sometimes we see God as a distant entity whenever he really wants us to know him as a personal savior. And you got to know that God sees you. He knows everything that you're going through. He knows everything that you're facing. And God is not too big for little things, and he's not too little for big things. And, and I'm telling you, there's some things sometimes where we think to ourselves, oh, God doesn't care. God doesn't see. God won't notice. But God noticed me in the back. And I begin to think to myself, if God noticed that, what else is God noticing in my life? And it put me in a perspective. And, and, and I, there was a paradigm shift in my life where I began to realize that God's seeing me. God's watching me. And the fear of God came into my life, where I had a respect and reverence for God, and, and you got to know this about God. God is all-knowing. He's all-powerful. He's omnipresent, omniscient, omnipotent. We know all these things, and that alone within itself should get us in a position where we have the fear of God in our hearts. See, it's a dangerous thing to do when we disrespect and take God for granted. It's a dangerous thing whenever we do that, when we take God for granted. Hebrews chapter 12 Verse 28 through 29 says this, and I want to talk about how we fear God and how does it change us. How, how are we supposed to handle God? How are we supposed to handle the presence of God? Hebrews chapter 12, verse 28 through 29 says this, Therefore, since, you, since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, let us be thankful and so worship God acceptably um, with reverence. Somebody say reverence. And all, for our God is a consuming fire. Wow, that's fire, literally. For our God is a consuming fire. We got we to gotta be sure we worship God acceptingly with reverence and awe. For our God is a consuming fire. Th this verse describes God as a consuming fire. I've learned that fire is powerful. I've learned that you shouldn't just be playing around with fire. I remember this, I remember like uh, earlier this year, whenever we were clearing the brush and we were, we were burning uh, the remaining last piles of uh, trees that we had at the property at the church, um, the man that we had hired um, to, you know, tear down all the trees and put it in different piles and different sections, he said that he was going to go ahead and burn the piles for us. And what they do is they use diesel, right? And I think some of you guys know that. Whenever you burn something big like that, you don't want to use gasoline because gasoline will just spark and it will ignite quick and won't last long. But you use diesel, it lasts longer and it burns it better, right? So this guy, he goes out there, but he has like a half a pile and a quarter of a pile left. And, and he says, I think you guys can handle it. I think you guys can take care of it. The reason he said that, because 
He, we didn't even pay him to burn it. He just took the initiative to do it because he knew that we were a church. And he, he, didn't, he only had a, like a little bit left. And he said, hey, I'll let you guys take care of it. So me and my dad and Josh Sanchez, who was living, us, living with us at the time, because his house had partially burnt down as well, <laughs> fire's powerful, we had went out there, and we had gotten, like, some diesel, and, and, then, we, and then I had some gasoline. I didn't know it at the time, but uh, we, we used the diesel, and we ran out of the diesel, and we still had a lot left, and I went to go check the back of my truck, and I said, wait, what's this red canister right here? It had quite a bit of gasoline in there, and I said to myself, we're going we're gonna to use this real quick. We're just going to be careful with it. My dad said, guys, be careful. Like, you be sure that when you, okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> My dad trusts me. I'm older. I'm 21. I should know better. But he says, be careful. And we did it like like six times, and it was going well and stuff like that. Honestly, I was having fun. I was just trying to be, you know. Anyways, my dad was on the other side of, like, the property at one point in, in the truck or on the outside of the truck doing something. And me and Josh Sanchez were by ourselves. And we had this big thing of gasoline, and we got more confident with it because, we had been using it already to, you know, burn piles and stuff. So I went off. I went at it. I was just like, okay, we're, like, going quick. And me and Sanchez started going at it. I was, like, putting gasoline all over the, all over the brush, all over everything like that. And I thought the fire was out. And you know that there's embers, right? And there's small little fragments of fire that if, if it's not careful, it doesn't matter how small it is, it can hit gasoline or something. It can spread. So I'm going at it. Sanchez has a phone light right here, and I'm just going at it. I'm just, like, dumping all the gasoline all over this. I'm thinking to myself, okay, I'll be okay, you know, whatever. I never had a bad experience with fire. I'm going somewhere. <laughs> and what happened was, I'm a long storyteller, if you don't know already, is he's holding the light, and I'm standing in part of the gasoline, and there's an ember in the brush. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, and I can't tell you, like, it was slow motion. It was just like, and I couldn't react or jump out in time. And at one point, me and Josh Sanchez were standing in the fire. I felt like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego <laughs> in the fire. And I thought to myself, this is how it ends. Like, <laughs> is this how it's going to happen? And I was able to get out of it. But what happened was, literally, Sanchez, he had high socks on. He had, like, these joggers on and everything. He was covered. The bottom of his shoe was discolored and black. We got out of it. I was like, oh, my gosh, do I have anything on me? He said, no, no, no. But there was such a small part of my skin right here that was exposed. A small part because I wore short socks with my joggers. There was only one part of my body that was exposed, and it burned so bad. And the next day I woke up, blisters, y'all. It was just, like, so bad. It was so painful. And honestly, it was just like, oh. Ever since then, I've learned that you got to handle fire with respect, and you got to handle it properly. Otherwise, you may get hurt. And fire is powerful. And I don't think it's a coincidence that in the book of Hebrews, they described God as a consuming fire because fire by itself, it's, it's not hostile, right? It just depends on how it's handled. See, Fire can be used in a room to light a whole room, to illuminate a room, but fire, and fire can also be used to light your birthday candles that you have in your house, but if it's not handled properly, if something happens, fire can actually consume entire forests and, and carry tremendous power. See, we got to have a healthy, see, we got to have a healthy fear of fire whenever we handle it. Some of us don't understand that whenever we're handling fire. There's so much power with all of it. There's so much power. You got to know it and respect its power. See, volcanoes, think about this. Volcanoes can create islands, 
they can create islands, they can create life, but we must know that they ha- we must have a healthy fear of their power so we're not careless when approaching them. And the reason I'm saying that is this, is that we must respect God and know who God is, Jesus Christ, full of grace and full of truth. He's the boss. And guess what? We're going to answer to him one day. I'm going to stand before God one day. The Bible talks about it. The, the, day, the day of judgment. You know, and they said there's two different judgments when it comes to entering to heaven because, you know, you believe in Jesus Christ. What did you do with my son, right? And there's another judgment uh, on what you did with my son. Did you, did you make a difference? Did you reach out? And you can, we can talk about that another time and, and dig into it deeper another time. But, but, but we got to understand that we're going to answer to God one day. And God is so powerful. And, and we got to know, we have to have the fear of God in our lives. And the fear of God is when you know who he is and you know who you are. You got to know that you are finite and he is infinite. He is finite, but he is infinite. All I'm trying to say is this, guys. I think sometimes we misuse and we abuse the, the presence of God in the power of God, but I'm telling you right now, you got to be careful when it comes to the things of God. I'm not saying that God's going to strike you down or whatever, anything like that. All I'm saying is we serve a God who is just. He is just, and he sees all things. He knows all things, and we're going to stand before God one day, and I want to be sure that I use the power that's inside of me. Greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. I want to use it for good. I want to use it for his plan, for his purpose. I don't want to neglect it. I don't want to, I don't want to use the things of God to hurt other people. I want to be sure that I do it. And then here's another thing about fire. You guys, this is making sense to you guys. I hope that made sense to you guys. Here's another thing about fire, but fire also purifies. Fire also purifies. Gold is purified, and its imperfections are taken care of through the fire. See, whenever gold, whenever it, it goes through the process uh, of just being refined and made whole and, and ready for distribution, it first has to go through the fire to get rid of its imperfections. And when, you, when we have a healthy fear of God, it actually cleanses us. I'm almost done, guys. It, it, it cleanses us. Second Corinthians chapter 7, verse 1 says this. Haley, you can come on up. Having therefore these promises, dearly beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. So the fear of God actually produces purity in my life because whenever I know who God is, I know who I am, and I want to be obedient to him, I have the fear of God, all of a sudden I enter into an area where I live a pure and a holy life set apart where the filthiness of the flesh and everything that's not holy has to go. See, I'm going to read this one more time. Having therefore these promises, dearly beloved, let us cleanse ourselves, say cleanse ourselves, from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. Of God, And as we get ready to come to a close tonight, this is the last point I want to hit you guys with. It's a relationship, not a dictatorship. When it comes to God, it's a relationship. It's not a dictatorship. See, unfortunately, throughout history, people and leaders have used fear as a tool and a tactic to control and manipulate people. From Hitler to Genghis Khan, to Joseph Stalin, but you need to understand that whenever you you serve God, that you are a child of God, and he is your father, and it's not like that with God. When, When we have the fear of God, it's not supposed to be like a dictatorship. It's a relationship with God. It's about a love relationship. It's not like that. It's about a love relationship. So, so I was thinking to myself, how can we fear God if God is love? Like, can fear and can love coexist? Can, can fear and can love coexist? And one of the ways that love and fear can coexist, and I'm talking about the fear of God, 
the fear of God can coexist is in the relationship between parents and children. Think about this. For example, parents and children. We're children of the most high God, right? Supposed to fear God, but we're also supposed to love God. See, children are supposed to have a respect. They're supposed to. They're supposed to have respect and love for their father and mother, and they should have something in them that wants to please them or please y'all. Not because they're afraid of the consequences of punishment or, or, or torment, but rather they're afraid of displeasing the one who's the source of security and love in their home. That makes sense to you guys. I hope that I hope somebody grabbed a hold of that. Just like just like children, when they when they want to please their father, they want to please their mother because they they know that they're the source of security and love in their home. See, we don't love him out of fear; we fear him out of love. It's a love relationship. And personally, if I'm being honest, like one of the worst feelings for me is whenever I, I disappoint or displease my dad. When my dad tells me to do something, just like the fire, be careful, but I go against his word and I do it anyways, guess what? That Not only does it affect me, but it can actually affect my father because he loves me and he cares for me. Guess what? It's the same thing with God. God loves you and he cares for you so much. And whenever we treat God casually, when we don't have the fear of, of God, in other words, the respect and reverence towards God in our lives, and we become disobedient, it actually hurts God. And he said, you get you know what I'm saying? That's why it's a, it's a love relationship. See, one day we're going to stand before God, and I just want to hear this, well, well done. Those two words, I want to hear those two words, well done. Well done, son. Well done, daughter. Well done, well done servant. You finished the race. You finished the race. Can you guys stand to your feet tonight? Did anybody receive this tonight? I hope you guys did. I, I want to pray right now the fear of God. I want to pray first right now, and I want, I want you guys to repeat after me because I think it's so important. Hopefully, you have a better understanding when it comes to the fear of God because, like I said, we're, we're all about making disciples here. Uh, I want you guys to walk out of here learning something, uh, maybe growing in something that maybe you didn't understand fully before. But I want to pray right now over you guys. I want you to repeat after me tonight. Say, dear God, help me understand and follow you. Help me grow in the fear of God. Today, I choose to have a res reverence, respect, gratitude towards you. I love you. Help me become everything you've called me to be in Jesus' name. And I want to give another opportunity right now because I really hope you meant that whenever you said it because I believe that whenever you say it outwardly, what, what's going on, on the inside becomes that much more real. Uh, I want to give somebody an opportunity right before we go because we're about to leave right now. I know it's 827. Don't worry, Taco Bell and all those places will still be there. I, I, I want to pray right now. I want to give somebody an opportunity, even if there's one person in here, just to give their life to Jesus. Maybe you've strayed away. Maybe you feel like you've gone too far. Maybe you've just kind of given up. You've thrown in the towel. Maybe you don't know 
maybe maybe you didn't understand that that God actually wants to be in a full-on personal relationship with you because he loves you. The Bible says that Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the life. We're going to pray a prayer. We're going to pray this together. You can repeat this after me. Maybe this is your first time saying this. Maybe it's your thousand time saying this. Say it as if it's your very first time. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Let's pray this together. If you want to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, if you want to enter into a relationship with with the creator of the heavens and the earth, repeat after me. Say, dear Jesus, forgive me for my sins as I forgive other people. I admit that I'm a sinner. I've fallen short. I've messed up and that you are my savior. I believe that you are Lord. I believe that you died, Jesus, and I believe that you rose. In Jesus' name, amen. Give God a hand clap, church family. Come on. Thank you for listening to the Covenant Life Center podcast. If you enjoyed today's message, then subscribe and follow us on social media at CLC Victoria. Connect with us by visiting our website, clcvictoria.org.